Okay, we are doing Daf Kuf Lamid Vav. We are starting from the bottom of Kuf Lamid Hamid Beis. The Gemara says Tanya. We said in Brayz Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer Kosha Shal Shloshim Yom Adam Inu Nefel. If you have a baby, a baby, a human baby that is born, the only way we know that it's not a nefel. A nefel is a, a non, a kid that's not going to survive. That even though it has life, we know it's not really uh, vital. So in order to know that a child is not a nefel, it has to survive for thirty days. Less than 30 days, we're not guaranteed that it's not a nafal. We're really living with a doubt. Until 30 days have passed, there's a suspicion, there's a doubt, there's a possibility that it might, in fact, not have um, real life. Shinemar, where do we say, do you have me my Chodesh Hashem said to do Pinyin Aben after 30 days. So we're almost being Dorish, time of the Quran, explaining that the reason the Torah says to wait a month before Pinyin Aben is because that's the first time that we look at the kid as being established as a viable child. So we learn from there. That until 30 days have passed, there's always an element of doubt, of suspicion that the child is not going to survive. But by an animal, even if just eight days have passed, we know for sure it's guaranteed that it is not a nafal. It says for the first seven days, you can't bring a carbon. A baby cow, whatever it is, can't be brought for the first seven days of its life. The first opportunity it has to be brought as a carbon is from eight, day, eight days and on. So again, it's a little bit dark time of the crowd. Why are we waiting eight days? We're saying in order to know that it's uh, established as being a viable animal. So now the Gemara questions, they say, it sounds like if it didn't survive you for 30 days, then we live with a, with a doubt. It's a suffix. The kid is not proven to be a viable child. So the Gemara says, how can you give the kid a bris milah on Shabbos? Right? In order to be dolcha, Shabbos, you have to know, we learned yesterday's daf, you have to know that with certainty that you're doing the mitzvah milah. So if the kid would be in Nafal, like let's say a Ben Shmona, right? an eight month old uh, uh, pregnancy, which we learned that the status of the child is, is the navel and it's considered dead, it's considered like a rock, you're not allowed to, you, would, you, you wouldn't be kind of Mitzvah Mila, there's no point of doing Mitzvah Mila, but you're being Dolcha Shabbos for it. So the Gemara is saying, how would you be allowed to do that? It doesn't make sense. Every time you're giving an eight day old baby a bris, you don't know for sure that it's not a navel. Until it passes 30 days, you're not guaranteed that it has really uh, of, uh, signs of vitality. So, must be that it's not true. It must be that with, even without 30 days passing, we assume that the baby is vital. So the Gemara says, no, Really, it's a suffix, but you could give it the bris on the eighth day on Shabbos because however way you look at it, it's okay. If it's really a viable kid, then obviously you're being kind of midst of Mila and everything is good. And if it's not, if it's really an eight-month-old pregnancy and it's, not, and it's a nafal, then you're cutting meat. Meaning it's not, it's not, you're not, you're not doing a malacha. The whole point of doing a malacha is that you're extracting the blood from life. But if the life is not a life, and as the Gemara says, it's, you know, mamish cutting a piece of meat, then even if blood does come out, that's not a malacha. The only reason it's a malacha is because it's life. So you're taking out blood from the life. But if it's not life, then, then, then it's not a malacha. So yes, you're not being kind of the midst of a meal, but you're also not doing a malacha. So the Gemara is saying a fascinating thing, that every time we really do a bris, a job is we're not guaranteeing that we're being kind of the mitzvah. There is a possibility that it's an eight, that it's an eight month old pregnancy and the baby's an eight and it's not going to survive and it's not a kiyama mitzvah. But on that possibility, you're also not violating Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Allah the Tanya, but we learned in the Bright, so something which wanted something Shmona. We learned yesterday that if you have a child, it's a suffix who was born in the seventh month from the pregnancy, which will live, but it's also a possibility it was born from the eighth month, which will not live. So the din is in Machal Shabbos. We're not Machal Shabbos to give it the circumcision because you're not Machal Shabbos, me suffix. So am I? Why do you make the same argument? You should be able to give him the bris because whatever way you look at it, it should be okay. If it is a viable kid, then you're being kind of the mitzvah. 
and has the right to override Shabbos. And if it's not, if it's an eight-month-old kid, so you're just cutting meat, you're not, you're not taking away blood from life, so it shouldn't be a problem. So we see that we don't make that argument. Evidently, it is considered a chil Shabbos, even, on, if, 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 even if it's an eight-month-old kid, and that's why Misafik, you can't do it. So now the question comes back. If every baby before 30 days have passed, it's not for sure that it's going to live. It might be an eightfold. So how do you give him on the eighth day? So the Mar answer is, Amar Rav Reitravino, Nav Rav Nechumi, Vasachai, Atir Gimei, Mabalinei, Nechumi, Mabalinei. This din that the Bryce has said that is Suffolk Ben Shiva, Suffolk Ben Shiva, you don't give a bris, it doesn't mean for the Etzin bris. The Etzin bris you do because of the argument that was just made. You have the Mimano Shach. Even if it's an eight month old, then you're not extracting blood from life, it's just cutting meat. When the Bryce was saying, you're not Doha, El Machshiri Mila, was talking about the preliminary actions for Mila. I'll leave it to Rabbi Lazar, like Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar holds that Machshiri Mila are Dochan as a Shabbos. So, for example, if you, if you have a bris on Shabbos, you're allowed to carry the knife or make a knife, like Rabbi Lazar taught in the beginning of the parak. And that we're saying, that that's only if you know you're being kind of mitzvah. If you, but if it's a, if it's a seventh, if it's a suffix ben shiva, but suffix ben shmona, then you can't do the machshir mila. But in the chanami, the etzim meisim mila, just cutting, you're allowed to do because mimanov shach. Either it's a seventh month old, you're being kind of mitzvah mila, and if it's an eight month old, then you're not doing any malacha when you're extracting the blood because it's like cutting meat. Okay, fine. So now the gemara. So fine. So after all was said and done, the gemara has defended this position. That a baby that's eight days old is possible, like Rosh Hashanah is teaching us that it's a Suffolk Nafel, and you could still do the bris on Shabbos because even on, on the possibility that it's not viable, then it's not a malach, it's considered totally dead. An eight month old pregnancy is considered totally dead. And uh, so it's not considered a malacha. There's no life there, even though it seems like it's alive, but there's not real life there, and then taking the blood out wouldn't be forbidden. So now the Gemara says this idea about an eight month old pregnancy is it really considered like there's life? Let's say it's really machlokas danam. It says in the part, in the price of it says if an animal will die from amongst animals that are for you to eat. So we're talking about the din of Nevela. If a kosher animal dies without shlita, the din is as in Nevela. Nevela, the halacha is you can't eat it, and it also has tuma. There's a different halacha called trefa. Trefa is when the animal has a decent shlita. Shlita is kosher, but the, the animal has a, has, a, has a defect in it, like a hole in the lung or something like that that won't allow it to live in the future. But then we say the shlita, it, not, doesn't permit it, it doesn't permit it to eat, but it still is matar made in nevela. It still is not, is not tummy. That's the background information. So there's two things. There's nevela, animal dies without shlita, where it's not only can you eat it, it's also tummy. And we have trefa. Where the animal dies with a shlita, but it has some sort of um, a defect in it that will cause it to die in the future. Where we say you can't eat it, but it's not tummy. So what happens here? So the Torah is coming to say that there's a din of nevela comes to include in the laws of tumah. Let's say you have a baby that was born in the eighth month of a pregnancy that the shlita is not matar. Even if you do do a shlita, you do perform a ma'isa shlita, but it's still going to have tumah of nevela. What's the pshat? Because it has no sign. It's not life. See, see it's, it's like there was no shlita at all. The same way a cow that dropped dead or that was struck dead by lightning or something like that. Without any shlita, it would have tomas nevela. So to an eight-month-old pregnancy, it's considered like there's no life here at all to the animal. So even if you do perform a ma'itza shlita and you cut the simonim, the life is not a life, and therefore it's like a nevela, and the tumma is there. No, it's not true. If you do a shlita to an eight-month-old um, pregnancy of a cow, it is mitarit, meaning, yes, you can't eat it, but it is not a nevela. It's not tummy. So what's the root of the question? My love of isn't the machlokas about this? One opinion says it's considered to be alive. It, it does have life, even though it's eight month old, it still until it dies, it says signs of life. So therefore you could do a shrita to it, and that's why it's not a nevela. Whereas Rabbanon was considered already dead, like Rabbi Rahab originally told us, and therefore the shrita has no has no bearing, it's not a considered a shrita at all, and that's why it's a nevela. 
So the issue that we're talking about, eight month old pregnancy, whether term, term pregnancy, whether or not that's considered to be have a life or not, looks like it's a machlokas tanam. So Amarava Yihachi, if you're right, that's what the machlokas is about. Instead of arguing about whether it's tummy or not, why don't you argue if you could eat it? If there's an opinion that's really saying it's considered to be alive and the life is a life, so then why are we saying we should say much more than the fact that it, the shechita is matar from being an available? We should say you can eat it. It's mashmir. Everybody agrees you can't eat it. The question is whether it's tamit. Everybody agrees that the life is not a life. It's considered dead. But there's a, still an opinion that is saying that it's not tame because they're comparing it to treifa. Treifa, even though it's considered as if it's dead, it has some sort of more, you know, a fatal defect. It's got a puncture in the lung or something. So the shechita is still matarit. And the idea is that a shechita, the treifa is matarit, even though it, it, it's going to die because the bottom line is it has some element of life now. So we see... That even though something's going to die, but if it's but if it has signs of life now, we treat it that the shchitas metarvin even though you can't eat it, but it's not tummy. Hachanami loshnos. We should say the same thing with the baby born from the eighth month, even though it's legally considered like it's dead, but since it has signs of life, the shchitas metarit, and therefore it's not tummy. Of course, you can't eat it because the life isn't a real life, but since it's showing signs of life, therefore the shchitas metarvin deinavela. For Rabbanon, lo dam the Rabbanon say it's incomparable to Treva. Treva is also kosher because a Treva at least had a moment when it was fit for Shkita. It didn't, it wasn't born with a hole in its lung. So therefore, it originally had a din Shkita. So even though once it developed the hole in the lung, we still say that um, a Shkita can be effective on the Treva to be matar din Whereas, whereas over here, the animal born in the eighth month never had a moment that it was fit for Shkita. It never was relevant to do Shkita on it at all. And, uh, and therefore, we can assume that, that the shechita is not good at all and, you cannot, and it's totally tamay. So we're assuming now, actually, everybody agrees with you. Say that we've said that an eight-month-old pregnancy is not considered to be a life. And everybody, therefore, agrees that you can't eat from that cow that was shefti because it wasn't shefting taking away a real life. The whole machlokas is all about tumah and tahara, whether or not we can compare it to the prototype of a trefa or not. Says the Rabbah, not every trefa is developed later in its life. There is such a thing as a trefa coming from the womb. There's such an idea. Let's say an animal is born with an extra leg, for example. That's a trefa from the bet and a trefa from the womb. And the Allah is still that it's tar when you shaft it. So you see that even a trefa from the womb, which never had a shasa kosher, never was, was, was fit to do a shlita on it, still is matar and avail. So we should say the same thing about an eight month old. The answer is still, it's, there's a distinction. Even though that particular one, that particular cow may not have had shlita, but at least the kind of animal that it has had those are shlita. In other words, it, this particular one doesn't, but the same species in its species, the, the ones that are born in trefa, uh, that are only develop a trefa later, do a worfit shlita. Whereas eight month old fetuses, those, they're like a kind, like a min bifneasma, a ceases bifneasma. And eight month old babies are never, never subject to shlita. So therefore, since in their whole min and their whole species is never subject to shlita, therefore we should assume that the shlita is completely insignificant for them at all. It has no relevance. It doesn't do anything halakhically, and therefore it is tameh. That's why it's not a good comparison to treva. Treva, even though this particular animal may be unfit for shlita, but at least the general species of this cow, the general other animals like it, would be fit for shlita. Whereas over here, we're saying that a ben shmon is completely unfit. It, its species, it's its own thing. It just doesn't make sense for it to do shlita on it. It's dead, and therefore it would have tamas nevela. So we have defended what we've said, that an eight-month-old, really, it's not considered a life. It's considered totally dead. Um, and that's why, that's why everybody agrees, for example, that if you shaft the animal, you wouldn't be able to eat it. And going back to what we've been saying, that's what the argument has been made 
that that's why you can even give a, a, a bris to a suffix nafel because on the possibility that it's a nafel, then you're not being lechal Shabbos because its life is not considered to be a life at all. Now we go back to what we said originally. We said originally that until eight days clear by an animal, it's a suffix, it's a suffix nafel, and by a human being, until 30 days pass, it's a suffix nafel. So you buy This was stated in the interest of So is there like a rabbinic opinion that argues on that? And in other words, the Rabbanan maybe hold that, 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 that we assume it's not a navel even though 30 days didn't pass by a human and 8 days didn't pass by an animal or not. If there is, in fact, a dissenting view of the Rabbanan, who do we pass him on? So Tashma, because let's learn at the price. It says, Let's say you have a calf worn on Yantav, you could chuck it right away. It's not Muksa. Why? Because in Yantav, the animals can be shafted. So it's, it has a purpose. It purposes that you could chuck it right away. But it's only one day old. According to Mugamliel, it has no purpose to shafta, because if you shafta, you wouldn't be allowed to eat it. It might be a suffix nafil. It might, its life might not be a life. You'd have to wait, if you'd want to shafta and eat it, at least till it's eight days old. So if the Baraisa is saying that uh, a, a calf born on Yontif is not muksa because you could shafta and eat it, it must be there is a descending view of the rabbis that say, we're not choshish when an astam animal is born that it's a suffix nafil. And that's why it's not an avail. Uh, not, that's why it's not muksa. So the Gemara says, no, we're talking we were absolutely certain that it was a complete pregnancy, a full-term pregnancy. How can we be certain it's a full-term pregnancy? You know, like let's say the animals made it and you knew for sure that they didn't mate afterwards. So that's like a situation where you know exactly that it was a full-term pregnancy. There, everybody agrees you don't have to wait till eight days old. But only means you don't know anything. You're just an animal's born. So it's always a possibility that it's an eight-month pregnancy, not a full-term, and there we have to wait eight days. But if you know, then you know. And that's the understanding. The suffix nafil is always that it might be a non-full-term pregnancy. Says the Gemara, we're talking about Bachar. See, Allah Bachar, that is supposed to be brought as a carbon, but a Bachar that gets a mum, as long as someone paskins on it, examines the mum, and it says that this is a legit mum, then it's allowed to be shecht and eaten outside of the Mishnah. There's a machlok is there in the Mishnah and Beitzah, whether or not you're allowed to look at a Bachar's mum, can be examined on Yant. So everybody agrees, that whether or not there's a machlok is if you could, but if it was born with a clear mum, so, um, so what's the halacha? That if it was born with a mom, shezem and mukhan, it's not considered to be muksa. What's the reason it's not considered to be muksa? Because, because, because you, it's fit to eat. So again, we see a situation where a fresh baby is being born, one day's old, and we're still saying that it's not muksa because you can eat it right away. So the kasha, I were saying, so not a kasha, we're trying to prove that rather that uh, there's a dissenting view on Shem and Gamliel who holds that even though eight days have not passed, we do not suspect that it's a suffix nafil. So the Gemara says the same rejection for the proof. It could be, it happens, we were talking about a case where we know what the terms of the pregnancy were. The whole discussion we were talking about is when we don't know. We say the Allah for the fact that you have to say the Allah cloud the pligi implies that there is in fact a sensing view of the Rabbana that we're not choshish for suffix nafil less than eight days old. We learn up from there. So now we qualify where's the machlokas? If the child, again, by less than 30 days old, so according to Rishim Gamliel, it's a suffix nafil. According to Rabbanon, it's not a nafil. We assume for sure it's not. So Amar Bai, how did the child die? If there was like a freak, something happened, it fell off a roof and it died, or a lion ate it, something like very external. Everybody agrees that we assume it's a viable child. Because think about it, I'll be rove. Most kids who are born are not nafil. So we have no real reason to suspect anything that the kid wasn't really a viable child. So as long as it dies of an external cause, then everybody agrees that we're not it. we have no suspicion that it was a navel. Completely the whole the case where they argue, Shapiv Vimes, let's say the kid made like a big yawn and then it died. In other words, it sounds like there was a limited vitality after it was born. And then by you see it, you see, in other words, there was evidence here of a weak life. 
And that's why our suspicions are here that maybe it's a navel. They'll say, and even though it was a weak kid, we still don't have to assume that it was a Sabbath nafil. We could assume it's okay, unless we know. We assume that the weak kid is to be from most of the most kids born that are not nafil, even though it's weak. No, we have to be choshesh that maybe in fact it is a nafil unless it lives for thirty days. Says the If the kid, if the case is that the kid died, right? That's the case that it yawned and it's died, and that's where they're arguing. So what's the nafkamina? Whether or not we treat it as what we're like looking at it retroactively. Was this a real kid that had a real life or not? Who cares? Lifter Yibam. The difference would be to exempt its mother from doing from the requirements from Yibam. So what's the halacha? The halacha is when a, when, a, when, a, when, a, when a man dies childless, so his wife has to has to do Yibam, yibam or Chalitza to the, to, to the brother. So, so what happens if there was a situation where there was a child that survived, but the child was a newborn baby and it was within 30 days and it yawned and it died. So if that child was a child that happened to die, but it was a real vital child, so then the mother doesn't have to worry about Yibam because the requirement of Yibam is only with no child at the time of the death. Since it was a kid at the time of the death, it means fine, she could go off and marry anyone she wants. But if we look at that child's health as not being real health, and the child was really just a stone and a piece of meat, and it wasn't really a vital kid, then the woman has a requirement to do Yibam or Chalitza before marrying somebody else. So according to the Rabbanon, even though the kid yawned and died, we still assume that it's from the majority of children who are not in the fall, and the woman can go off scot-free. She can go marry anyone she wants. According to Shemim Gamlil, she would have to do something like Chalitza Misafik because of the possibility that maybe the child was not really have a, did not really have a life. Are you telling me that if the kid it was a fluke accident, how it died, it fell off a roof, and even by the Are you telling me everybody agrees to, that we assume that the kid was is considered to have to have a life? You're telling me Shmuel Gamliel is only talking about a case where he yawned and died. once went to the house He made for them a third-born calf, which is like a special delicacy, the best type of cow. Be a mama de shiva, but it was only seven days old. So, the, so if it was only seven days old, so could you eat from the meat? So according to what we're saying, unless there was evidence that it was weak, like it was yawning or something like that, then we, then we should be able to eat the meat according to everybody. But still, for they said, if you laid until tonight, until the beginning of the eighth night, we would have eaten from it. But Hashka, since you shechted it before it lived to eight days old, we can't eat from it because until it reaches the eighth day, we have to be choshish, it's a suffix, it's a suffix nafal, so therefore we can't eat from the meat. So, because they held up Rishim and Gamliel. But wait, we're saying Rishim and Gamliel is only when the baby or the animal exhibits signs of weakness, like it's yawning and dying. But if it's a situation where just a fluke accident and I would die, like you shafted or fell off a roof or something like that, that you, we were saying that even according to Rishim and Gamliel, we assume that the child was a real child. So we see something's wrong here. If it's true that Rishim and Gamliel's opinion is only when it was exhibiting signs of weakness, then why in this story where the rabbi's reticent to eat from the Shrita just because eight days hadn't passed, the Gemara therefore has to revise what Abai said. Ella, rather we are Choser, Bishop Yifam, Mitzvah, If it yawned and died, then everybody agrees that we have to be Choser, that it wasn't viable. Even the Rabbanon agree. Even though the Rabbanon are saying you don't have to wait 30 days, they agree that if a child yawns and dies within 30 days, that you have to be Choser, it was a Nafo. Keep leaking. Where's the Machos? And often agree. And often I got an Alcharri, whether a child fell off the roof or was eaten by a line. It died from something something outside of the natural course. Marzavar, Mazur, Shingamlil says we still suspect it's not a viable kid. Mazur, Shingamlil holds the etzem every single child born until eight until 30 days passed you have to be, be concerned that it was a nafal the rabbanon say no since it died by some external cause you you, you have the right to assume that it was going to live and now it makes sense that in the story with the rabbis the rabbis held like so until the eight days passed with the animal they weren't comfortable eating the shrita even though the cause of death was external 
Says the Gemara story, the son of Rabdimba by Yosef had a child that was born, but it died within the first 30 days of his life. Yosef becomes Habilah, so he was sitting Shiva. So his father said to him, Do you also want to eat the mortar, the mourner's food, the special mourner's food? Meaning, you don't have to. You don't have to you don't have to sit Shiva. What's the reason? Because because if we pass on like a Shimon Gamliel, so then a baby that dies within 30 days is a Suffolk Nafel. And a Nafel, there's no Shiva. And even though there's only a Suffolk, but we don't sit Avelis out of Suffolk, right? That's the halacha. A Suffolk, a Suffolk Avelis, we don't sit for it. So if it's a Passover Shimon Gamliel, you have no need to sit Avelis. He said, no, I do, because I know for sure that it was a full-term pregnancy. Again, the whole time where we say that, 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 that it has to live 30 days, this and that, is only where it was not known the length of the pregnancy, but what was known for sure that it was a full-term pregnancy, we know that they, they had had relations nine months ago and not afterwards, then in that situation, then even though it dies within 30 days, we know that it was a viable child and you would sit shiva. Says the Gemara, a similar story. Rav Vashi went to the house of Rav Kahana. Yisrael ben Milsev will go to Lassen Yomen. Something very sad happened to Rav Kahana within 30 days, meaning that the child died within 30 days. Chazi Yosem is Abel Allah. Rav Vashi saw that Rav Kahana was sitting in, in Shiva. So Amalei, he said to him, Lassav the mother of Yudin, Rishu Allah, Rishu Allah, don't we hold that we pass from Rishu Allah, that if the die, baby dies within 30 days, then we're choshesh, that it was a, that it was a, so there's no Again, I happen to know for certainty that it was a full-term pregnancy, and therefore, um, that's why I'm sitting Shiva, even though the halacha is, in fact, like Rav Shemuel Gavliel. Says the Gemara, Itmar, let's say a child, now we're going back to the case of Yibam. So it's the only one surviving the father is this child within 30 days old. And he dies within 30 days old. The mother went ahead and she goes and random, marries a random stranger. So we have to understand here, right? Again, if the child is viable, so that's totally fine. If the child was viable, just happened to die, but it was a real child, then that's okay. But if the child was really an AFL, then it's not okay. And the mother still has a requirement to do Chalisa or Yibam. So she can't just be married to this person. So the mother went ahead and she was Makadish herself to somebody and this, after this kid died within 30 days. Amar Avinu Shendra, Avinu said the name of Rava. So let's just think about it, let's analyze it. Like Rav Shemim and Leah, we have a big problem, right? Because it's a possibility that the kid was, was a nafal and therefore she still might have to chalitza. According to Rabbana, there's no requirement. So what's the halacha? So Imesh is Israel, who if the person that she made Kedushin with was not a Kohen, so a Kohen can marry a divorced woman and a non-Kohen can marry a divorced woman and chalitza is always like divorce. So... So therefore, Cholat says, we say, do Chalitza Misafik. Why not? Even though we said that Allah is like Rav Shem and Gamliel, because we say that Allah is like Rav Shem and Gamliel, so therefore it's a Suffolk Nafel, so there's a possibility that, that she really still has the requirements of Chalitza Re'ibam. So she wants to go ahead and marry this new other person. She must first do Chalitza to the, to, to the, the potential brother-in-law, and only then is she allowed to continue uh, with, proceed with the marriage to this new random stranger. However, in the Hishes Kohen, here we say a fascinating answer. If the person that she married was the wife, she is, if she was a Kohen, so therefore, if she's going to do Chalitza, what's going to happen is she won't be able to marry him because a Kohen can't marry a divorced woman or a Chalitza. Chalitza is always treated like a Grusha. So in the then we're Mekel, and we say she doesn't have to do Chalitza. It's a fascinating Kula. The rabbis were Mekel. In order to keep the new marriage, we will rely on the Rabbonim's opinion that it is not a nafel. So the Gemara says, however, there's an op- opinion that disagrees. Both in the case of a non-coin, or if it is a case of a coin, and then in the case of a coin, she won't be able to continue staying married to him. Is it true that at night, Rav said like you, that she should do chalitza even if it's from a coin? Let's have for other bait. But the next morning when you weren't there, he, he, Rav retracted his opinion. He said, 
that she does not have to do chalitza if it was a kedushin from a coin. So Amalei Rav Shabbos says, Ravina, sure you ignore what we said, we ignore what we said, and you're matter without chalitza, meaning we say it for Hashem So how are you being matter without chalitza? Hey, Rava, it should be the will of Hashem, the tissue tava, you should even be matter forbidden fats. This is like saying, like, you went off the deep end. You're matter this, you'll matter chalitza. Like, you're, you're totally crum, you're totally wrong. She must do chalitza. What difference does it make if she married to a Kohen? So she won't be able to continue seeing me married? Okay, so be it. But the shrikta lachas, there's, there's no wiggle room here whatsoever. Then we learned, going back and analyzing the Mishnah, an androgynous is a possibility you might be a male, but a possibility you might be a female because he displays signs of both. So he needs a bris, but the bris is not tocha Shabbos because it's a suffix. Where Yehuda says that the bris is Docha Shabbos. Amar of Shizvi, Amar of Chis, the Lola Kolmer Rita Androgynous Acharu. You might be tempted to say that Rabbi Yehuda is saying that Androgynous we know is a male. But the Gemara says, no, that's not the case. It's not shot in all areas of Allah. We treat the Androgynous like a male. Shemat, Omerkin, if you were right, Be'erich and Yarach, by Erech and Vows, the Androgynous should have an Erech. So Allah of Erech, if I say the value of so and so is to the base of Mikdash, so, so whatever, there's different classifications and categories that the Torah places for how much different money you pay. Now, there's a difference between men and women. So, uh, uh, androgynous, normally we say he doesn't, fit, he doesn't fit into either of them, and therefore you're potter. So, but if you're right that according to Rabbi Yehuda, androgynous is known to be a zachar, then there should be erechin. And we know that there's no How do we know that, that there's no erechin? The time, because it says in the price, a hazachar, it says for the male, although to the androgynous, exclusive to androgynous. You would say it doesn't fit into the category of erechin of a man, but it does fit into the category of erechin of, of a woman, because it's at least mimanashach, a man or a woman. It's only definite male, definite female. An adragonist is totally out of the parsha. It can't fit into either box because we don't know which one it is. And therefore, if someone says the Eric of Androgynous upon me, nothing. You don't have to pay a penny. So this is even what we're saying here clearly in the area of Eric, and then we treat an Androgynous. We treat an androgynous like a suffolk. And how do you know that's Rabbi Yudah? Because Sam Sefer Rabbi Yudah. Astam Braisa and Sefer is usually like Rabbi Yudah. So we see that Rabbi Yudah does not say an androgynous is a definite male. I'll give you another proof that Rabbi Yudah concedes that, that, that androgynous is not a certain male. Because it says here by Paraduma, Kukshir and the Kaddish, any person is, is okay to make the, the, the special waters for the Paraduma, to make the ashes of the Paraduma with the spring water. Everyone can perform the Kiddush. But he says a female and androgynous cannot. So what do you mean? If androgynous is Zachar, why would he the apostle? We see Rabbi Yudah does not consider an androgynous a certain Zachar. So the Gemara says, So if Rabbi Yudah does not consider him a certain Zachar, then why is it a certain bris? That it could even be Docha Shabbos if it's only a Suffolk. The answer is, It says, all of them should get a bris. Extra words, so that comes to include even androgynous, despite the fact that it's not a certain Zachar. We have a special source in the Torah that there should be a bris, and that's why Rabbi Yudah is saying it's Docha Shabbos, despite the fact that he agrees that conceptually an androgynous is only a doubt whether or not it's a Zachar or not.